Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we go island hopping in new Pokemon Snap. My name is Chris. In this episode, I'm joined by Bill from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Bill. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Great. Glad to have you back. It's been a while. And we're also joined by Anthony from the social media team at Nintendo of America. Hi, Anthony. Welcome back. Hey, Chris. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. And, you know, last episode, we had a pretty broad conversation about this year's 25th anniversary of Pokemon. And we talked about our favorite past games and a little bit about new upcoming Pokemon games. And the first uh, one of those new games is New Pokemon Snap which will be out around the same time as this episode. So the three of us have been playing the game, and we're going to dive in and really talk about our experience so far. So are you two ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. I am. Awesome. Now, um, New Pokemon Snap is the long-awaited sequel to the first Pokemon Snap game, which came out um, just about almost 22 years ago for the Nintendo 64, I think back in 1999. And, you know, for a lot of longtime fans like me, that first game was really fantastic and, in my opinion, was actually one of the best Nintendo 64 games overall. But Bill, you know, for anybody who isn't familiar with the first game, how would you describe New Pokemon Snap? Oh, well, I guess even before I was to dive into that, I was thinking maybe we could just get a little nostalgic about the original Pokemon Snap on Nintendo 64, which, believe it or not, was a game I actually worked on. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was more involved in uh, localization back then um, and was involved in a little bit of uh, kind of text check on the game. But primarily my role was uh, localizing the Pokemon Snap Station that I think a lot of people encountered at Blockbuster stores back in the day. Oh, that's really cool. So this, this uh, new Pokemon Snap then really takes you back. Yeah, it really does. Um, you know, and one of the things about the original Pokemon Snap that was pretty magical was it was the first time that, at least in the United States, that you saw Pokemon in 3D um, on Nintendo 64. It was the first Nintendo 64 Pokemon game that was released. Um, and on top of that, it you know, it's different, I think, from games like Pokemon Stadium, which you also saw on Nintendo 64, in that, um, you know, those games obviously were focused on the battling, whereas Pokemon Snap was really placing the Pokemon in the environment, um, showcasing Pokemon behaviors, and and really kind of portraying a little bit of how you might encounter them in the wild. And I think um, that coupled with the fact that I think so many people probably encountered the game through the Pokemon Snap Station, the demo there, and and that ability to to take your photos and and print them out at Blockbuster, um, I think has has probably made for a pretty big audience of people that are are looking at new Pokemon Snap as both a, a great nostalgia trip in terms of revisiting this style of gameplay, but also um, just a lot of excitement for a new game after all these years. Yeah, absolutely. And and for fans of that original game, it has been a long wait. And I was personally really excited and surprised to see the announcement for new Pokemon Snap a little while back. And I've been really looking forward to it ever since. And and since in the little bit of time I've had to play it so far, it really does feel like, uh, uh, you know, it takes me back to that Nintendo 64 experience. But at the same time, there's so much more that's new here. 
And I love island hopping, you know, in the lentil region. And like you said, Bill, kind of encountering Pokemon in their natural environment and snapping photos, you know, as you're kind of on a track through the areas in the Neo One vehicle. So you really don't have to worry about how you navigate these areas. You just have to worry about making sure you're in the right position, turned the right way, and maybe in some cases taking the right actions to catch these Pokemon in these perfect poses for, for awesome pictures. So Anthony, what is it like? Uh, well, let me first ask, were you very familiar with the original Pokemon Snap as well? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, we mentioned nostalgia and for me that that's what it all is, you know, as a kid. And it's it's also funny, you know, um, hearing Bill mention like this was the really the first time we got to see a lot of the Pokemon in a 3D world kind of in their own habitat. And that as a, as a kid who was a Pokemon fan, that was like amazing, right? And I think part of that allure still carries over for me and like you know when i when i see pokemon doing all kinds of cool things that you don't typically get to see in a pokemon game it's really exciting and it's fun and it, it really makes the game super enjoyable for me so yeah i was uh i was very into it as a as a child and um i think i think bill like on every episode we've been on together um the, we talk about a game which i played as a kid and you worked on so I'm glad we get to keep that trend going here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, you talk about that being like 22 years ago, and I just, I'm, I can't even believe it. <laughs> it flies, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially since a lot of these games, you know, uh, you know, the games are kind of forever. So I still have all my old Nintendo systems kind of hooked up, and I haven't played Pokemon Snap recently, but a lot of the older ones I, uh, I have played. So it doesn't feel like they're as old as they are sometimes. Back to new Pokemon Snap, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, I don't know if, what, if this just makes me a terrible person, but one of the things that I really like doing is, you know, um, you now have this fluff fruit that you can toss toward the Pokemon. And in some cases with certain Pokemon, this will attract them and will cause them to kind of, you know, do different poses or take different actions that you can then, you know, snap in a quick picture. I've also noticed that if you just bop them with the fluff fruit sometimes, <laughs> that will also get their attention and maybe cause them to kind of take flight or something that I can also get a good picture for. So whether I'm bopping them or I'm I'm feeding them the, this uh, delicious fluff fruit, you know, I really like that extra layer of kind of interaction you can have with the Pokemon. Also, you can play melodies uh, in some cases, which will cause certain uh, Pokemon to maybe wake up or dance or do other cool things. So there's a lot that you can do to try to make sure that you not only kind of are turned the right way and you see the right Pokemon at the right time, but then things that you can do with that Pokemon to um, to grab those great shots. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I, I describe this game, the gameplay of new Pokemon Snap and, and uh, you know, it's we, we kind of call it a, a photography adventure, which I think is, is an apt description. It's, it's interesting because it has a very laid back feel to it, but then you have sort of these moments of excitement where you you see a Pokemon for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to get this photo. And and in fact, you know, just I was playing actually just last night and uh, and one of the Pokemon that I had missed in one of the the, the levels or on one of the islands before was Wooper. Um, and as I was going through this this course, I was actually there to try to capture a photo of something else. And I happened to stumble upon Wooper, and it turned into this moment of I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's Wooper!" And then I was using all of all of those tools that you were just talking about, Chris. You know, the the fluff fruit and the melodies and scanning and things like that with the camera. And I got this moment that was just kind of like a. It was like, "There's Wooper. 
oh my gosh, he's doing something else. Oh my gosh, there's something else going on now, you know, and it's like snapping away. And it's just this moment of, it was sort of like this pure rush uh, that I, all of this was happening at once when I wasn't even looking for it. And that to me is sort of the magic of, of new Pokemon Snap is that, yeah, it's laid back. Yes, it's very fun, but you still have these amazing moments of discovery. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, Wooper, as great a Pokemon as Wooper is, I wouldn't even count Wooper in like my list of, of top 10 favorite Pokemon. And yet that moment was like so magical and so exciting to see that unfold. It was, it was like really just, it was such a great moment. It reminded me of everything I love about the game. And, and what's great about those moments in this game, too, is that you end up with a, an actual photo of that moment. You know, so when you go back and you're looking through your saved photos or maybe you're looking through the photos that you've collected in your photo decks, you can see that. And remember, you know, be proud that you actually caught that great shot. That's right. And, and it also, it, you know, it ties in, I think, to some of the changes that they've made to the game um, in terms of the the day-night system, right? And that this was partially why, you know, I was... I had missed Wooper before was was I'd gone through this particular level a few times in the daytime and had gone through it in the nighttime. But but, you know, it was it's sort of like you've got to be in the right place, uh, whether it's day or night and the right time. And then you've got to find that right moment of discovery and then and then tease it out to see what kind of interactions and, and reactions you can get from the Pokemon. And so between all of the the day-night cycles and the way that you kind of earn experience in each level and and level up, and then that can change what the uh, the experience is like the next time you go through. Um, I really feel like they've done a great job of of making it feel like uh, an adventure that sort of evolves over time. Uh, maybe a bit a bit more so than than perhaps the original N sixty four game. Yeah, I think you know, Bill, you kind of uh, said something that that I resonated with when you were talking about just sort of it being laid back, but also having like those moments of excitement within those laid back moments. And uh, that's, that's so true. I think for people who like, who maybe are not super familiar with, uh, you know, the original Pokemon Snap game and are sort of trying this game out for the first time, I think they'll really be surprised by just how well and how fun it is to mesh those elements of like just the Pokemon universe and uh, photography. Um, Cause it's not something, you know, that, if you're playing, if you've played other Pokemon games that you're, you know, you're super familiar with. And um, yeah, those moments where like something just a Pokemon flies across the screen and you've got to snap it real quick or, you know, you're, you're coming up on a cliff and a Pokemon just flies right over and you weren't even ready for it. Like those things, like th those are the types of things that make you just like play some of the courses over and over again and try new things. There's also like this, this level of strategy, right? That like, it's not quite like what you would do as a trainer, but it still has some of those elements of like, well, I should try this or like I press, you know, I use the fluff fruit. Maybe I'll try scanning this time and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, I totally resonate with that. And those moments are, are they're really unforgettable sometimes. They're so fun to just see and save all your photos of them. Yeah, I, absolutely. I love it when um, you see Pokemon interacting with each other in kind of unexpected ways and oftentimes very funny ways. And, and uh, you know, uh, talking about the strategy, obviously you can kind of just relax and enjoy like a very casual kind of coasting through an area along the beach or a jungle or, or the sea or the desert even and um, and just kind of experience it and just kind of, you know, enjoy seeing the Pokemon and, and casually taking pictures. Or you can be like me and you can kind of really uh, plan everything out, go into like the map of the area, see where you've encountered, um, you know, these, these Pokemon before and you know like, okay, I need a three-star 
you know, photos still for, for Pikachu. And I know Pikachu appears right here. How can I, you know, get that rare pose that will get me that three-star photo? So, you know, I love that aspect of it too. And then of course your photos, um, just like in the original Pokemon Snap, are graded, in, in, this, in this case by uh, Professor Mirror, who will grade it in various uh, different categories, such as, you know, how big is the Pokemon in the frame? Um, are they kind of looking toward you or away from you? Uh, did you get an, an additional Pokemon in the background as well? Things like that. And so, you know, you're always thinking about trying to get not just a great pose, but just good, uh, you know, standard photography um, techniques. I remember in the original, I think I said this in the last episode, but the original Pokemon Snap actually kind of taught me how to take good pictures because it's just good <laughs> basic, uh, you know, good basic information there. So, you know, that was really, that's a really fun aspect that I enjoy about these games as well. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I really like about the map is um, I'll actually use it to then figure out where are there Pokemon in that stage that I haven't seen yet. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I've, I had sort of like two kind of realizations about particularly new Pokemon Snap, where one is that it sort of feels like an amusement park ride to a certain degree. You're on a track, it you're does. moving through, um, yeah. there's things to look at. Um, and what I noticed was that, uh, as I went through the map on one particular course, you know, you'll see like an area where there's a lot of Pokemon activity happening on one side of the course. And when I looked at the map, I realized that every time I'd been through that course, all of my focus had been where all that activity is. Um, and, and just like a, you know, a ride at like an amusement park, especially ones that are done really well. Yeah, yes, there's sort of like the main scene, but there's always something hidden on the other side where if you, you look around and turn your head, you, you get rewarded with a little something special back there. And I found that as I looked at the map and noticed, okay, this is where I've, I've captured photos of a lot of Pokemon, but I've completely ignored this other side of the map. Sometimes I go back there and I find that to be uh, a really good hint as to where to find other Pokemon within the stage. Um, the other feature that I really like um, quite a bit is the Lentalk feature, which Lentalk is sort of a communication feature used in the lentil region. Um, and you can, as you go into different courses, um, it, they'll bring up sort of uh, kind of challenges or objectives, you know, something that a, a particular photo that somebody wants you to get. Um, and they'll give you a hint about, you know, where you might expect to see a different type of interaction from a Pokemon or where you might expect to see a place where, oh yeah, you can, there's, there's something here, but we don't know what it is. And that's also part of the experience as well is as you're going through, you want to be paying attention, not just obviously with your eyes at what's happening in front of you, but you also want to keep an ear out because sometimes you can hear Pokemon cries, um, in particular sections of of some of the different islands, um, but you may not see a Pokemon there. And so then you've got to think about, okay, how am I going to try to coax that Pokemon out from wherever it is that they're hiding? That, those are some great tips, Bill. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've also noticed that you got to keep an eye out on the environments themselves sometimes. You know, there's a particular um, area where there's a whirlpool out in the ocean. And if you happen to toss a fluff fruit kind of right in the middle of it, something happens. So I also like that the game kind of rewards you for experimenting like that as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think that sort of looking at the map and really kind of understanding, you know, where you haven't looked and where you have looked is really important because for me, you know, I do the thing where it's like I get so mesmerized by like certain moments or like, you know, things that happen. And, you know, I'll maybe snap a, a few pictures, my first, you know, playthrough of that part. And then 
I'll kind of be satisfied with them. And then when I go back into the course, really to look for other things, I just end up taking a lot of the same pictures sometimes. And then, you know, Professor Mir's just like, look, man, you, you took this photo last time. So <laughs> you got to choose one now. So yeah, I think it's, it's really, uh, it's really, you know, important to like, remember kind of like some of the areas you haven't explored, maybe some of the things you haven't done. Um, and, and places you haven't looked, right? Because there's just like so much to look at as you're as you're going through a course. Sometimes it's easy to just really get fixated on some things. So it just makes the you know the playthroughs of, of every course just more fun every time. Absolutely. And you know, I talked a little bit about how um, you know I can be obsessive about getting uh, you know filling out my photo decks and and getting that three star pose or the one star pose, the two star, the four star. And you know, there's basically four. Um, different, um, you know, kind of star poses that you can get for each Pokemon when you're filling out their page in the in the in the photo decks, and so it's it's really fun to kind of do that and 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 kind of find out where are those missed opportunities you just haven't found yet to get fill in the two star or the three star or what have you, but there's also a lot of fun just to be had in just taking fun photos just because you know you think that they're pretty or you, it's a funny moment and and then the game has the ability to save those photos and take them into um, you know, a different menu where you can edit them, you can add uh, stickers, um, frames, you know, different filters. And um, I've had a lot of fun with that, just putting you know, endless bow ties and hats on all of the Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's a very creative you know, game in that way, I think. Yeah, I'm excited to see what people, uh, once people are able to start sharing their, their photos, what they put together, because I'm sure there's all kinds of fun photos and, and you know, filters and stuff like that on those photos that I haven't even thought of yet. So I'm excited to see what everybody does. Well, and then the other the other thing that I really love is the ability to go back in and um, once you've gone through a course and you've taken your photos, um, there's actually an ability to go in and, you know, find a photo that you like, but maybe wasn't quite totally perfect. And you can actually, there's a feature that lets you re-snap the photo. And so you can kind of go in, um, change some of the zoom, change some of the filters, change a little bit of the focus um, and, and things like that um, to take that, that photo that you caught in the moment and make it just a little bit better, um, which I think Chris speaks to, you know, some of those, those funny moments that you talked about, um, you know, and Anthony, even, even to your point of retaking kind of the same photo over and over again, um, it's a great way that's like, yes, I finally got the kind of the perfect version of that, and now I can move on to something else. And, and it's another just a great way to kind of spend time um, and continue to learn a little bit more about photography itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I could talk about this game all day, but I would actually like to, um, as quickly as possible, get back to playing more of this game. So before we move on, um, just any final thoughts from you guys about New Pokemon Snap? I'm going to, I want to share one final thought, which was sort of another kind of epiphany that I had. And it, it I was, uh, I was playing the jungle course um, and it was nighttime. And I had this flashback to when I was a kid. Um, and the the zoo in Seattle, the Woodland Park Zoo, they used to have what was called the the nocturnal house, where you would go in in the daytime and and the inside it was everything was dark in nighttime. And it had this walkway that kind of walked above these areas where the animals were. And so you'd kind of, it was all dark and it was really hard to see. And so you're spying around trying to see the animals in there. Um, and as you look down, I always remember like the, the best moment as a kid was when you actually saw the porcupine like scurrying along down below. And it just, the, the jungle stage in New Pokemon Snap gave me this really evocative memory of, 
of that experience of being a kid and sort of exploring through this nocturnal house at the zoo um, and had a really similar feeling. And then it was just, it was kind of a really fun moment of, of memory that, uh, that was spurred by um, just playing through the game. And so I just wanted to share that and also talk about how great the, the zoo at, at Woodland Park in Seattle is. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. That's great. For me, um, you know, when I when I first started playing new Pokemon Snap, I, I thought, uh, you know, this is really going to be great because it's so nostalgic for me, and I have all these memories um, as a kid, and it totally was. But I think it, it really is just so much more than that. Like it's it's really a new experience. Um, of course, you know, for those that have played the original game, I'm sure that there's going to be lots of memories that come back to mind. But um, for me, I really felt like this is. You know, this is that and a lot more. And, you know, like we've talked about, there's all sorts of new tools now. So um, and, and really seeing the Pokemon in this, you know, in this 3D world now versus uh, when the original game came out, it's it, it's it's just crazy. Like <laughs> it's just a whole new experience to um, to Pokemon because, you know, you're so used to like training and battling and catching them, that thing. And I think sort of just the the element of observation is something that isn't really touched on too much, and to have it here is, is really refreshing, and it, it's just as exciting and and uh, and fun. So definitely, I think uh, I'm going to be playing this a lot more, getting a lot more photos over the next uh, over the over the next while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that that to me is what's what's so amazing about the game is just the richness of the environments, the Pokemon that you see in there, and the interactions between the Pokemon. Um, which Chris, I think you pointed out earlier, it's, it's, you can't really see an experience like this in any other Pokemon game. Yeah, that's true. And you know, to that point, uh, I remember with the original Pokemon Snap, um, I have a lot of friends that for them, it was their very first Pokemon game. And, you know, for whatever reason, they hadn't played any of the other titles yet, but this was the game that kind of brought them into Pokemon because it, it's a, you know, it's a great game, obviously, like we've talked about for people who know the Pokemon already and have played the past games and you get to see them in kind of a cool new uh, environment with this game. But um, even if you don't know anything about Pokemon, uh, you know, it's it's a game about, you know, taking great pictures. And and so I think it has, uh, you know, even if you're someone who, for whatever reason, hasn't played a lot of Pokemon in the past, I think you should definitely give this game a look because it, it really, uh, I think, has a, a very broad appeal. And one last thing I wanted to say is that, um, I, you know, I think... It, it might sound strange to think of this at first, but I really think that this is a game that's a lot of fun to play on the couch with with a with a, a friend because I've, I had that experience with the original title, kind of passing it back and forth. Like now, I'm going to take a run through the same level and see if if I can beat your pictures and get better scores. And and in a way, you're working together to fill out that photo decks. But there's a little bit of a one-upsmanship there too that can be fun. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. And now we're going to move on to players' pulse. <laughs> Now, a few days ago, just for fun, like we always do, we posted three polls on Twitter for Nintendo fans. And the first question we asked was, which is your favorite way to enjoy the outdoors with Mario? And the two choices that we gave were golf and tennis. Um, Bill, any guess as to which uh, one would get the higher vote from the fans? Um, my guess would probably be golf. Um, and I say that just because golf feels a bit more outdoorsy to me than tennis does, right? Even if you're at an outdoor mm -hmm. tennis court, um, you're still within the confines of the court, whereas golf just feels like a bit more of a kind of outdoor, you know, on the grass, amongst the trees type of an experience, and, and you're moving along the courses. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my guess there. I think that's, that's some solid reasoning. Anthony, how about you? 
Yeah, you know, I was I was going to go with golf too. Um and a lot for the reasons that Bill mentioned, like, you know, there's just it's so just naturally an outdoor sport, like, you know, there's got sand traps and lakes and all sorts of things, so that's fun. But I I also was just, you know, going to say just the the amount of craziness that that can happen in a, a Mario golf game. <laughs> people <laughs> people really enjoy all that that wacky stuff. So, uh yeah, that that was going to be my guess, but I I could see the side for for tennis too, for sure, because there's a lot of uh, a lot of summer tennis players out there too, so. Absolutely. I've I've enjoyed all the Mario golf and tennis games, but in this case, in this one very unscientific poll, tennis actually eked out a win here with 58% of the vote. Very close. Oh man. <laughs> wow. Well, so you really can't go wrong either way if you ask me. So the next poll was when using a game's photo mode, I mostly focus on, and the choices were artistic creativity, documenting accomplishments, or funny moments. So now, Anthony, obviously, you know, a lot of games have photo mode. Some of my favorites are in Nintendo games like Super Mario Odyssey. So, you know, when you're in a game like that and you have the option to take your own photos, or even if you're just using the, uh, you know, the, uh, the button on the Nintendo Switch itself to grab a quick shot, what are you, what are you personally generally looking, looking for the most? You're looking for uh, to show off your artistic creativity, to, uh, to document some accomplishments, or just a funny moment? Yes. So that's an interesting one because sometimes it feels like I'm doing, like I'm also, sh I'm showing off my artistic creativity, but I'm also using an accomplishment to do that in that photo. That's kind of a right. cheat answer, I guess. But I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably say, you know, artistic creativity, funny moments too. Those kind of just come as I'm taking photos. And then if I see something funny, then, you know, I'll, I'll go in a little bit deeper and like make that photo really, really fun. But, um, you know, photo mode is like, is so great nowadays <laughs> that, um, you can really show off some of that creativity and, and, you know, make some, some real, real inspiring photos. So yeah, that, that's what I do usually. And then the other things kind of come to me as I'm taking those photos with that focus. For sure. Bill, how about you? Uh, I would like to say that I do it for artistic creativity or or for comedy but i think almost all the time i'm doing it i'm doing it to show off accomplishments um i use it a lot for splatoon 2 which i still play uh you know off and on on a but still on a fairly regular basis and and i use a actually a little bit less of photo mode a little bit more of video capture but um for the most part i i think i'm i'm trying to i'm i'm a little bit less on the creativity side and a little bit more on showing off what i did yeah, I think overall I'd say funny moments, although that might not be true because I think I have at least 60 uh, screen grabs on my system that are just of high placements. I've gotten in Tetris 99. <laughs> so even if I'm just bragging to myself, I do a lot of uh, documenting my accomplishments. Well, the fans uh, voted 53% for funny moments as the top pick. Artistic creativity was next, and then the, uh, documenting accomplishments uh, was the runner-up there. Right, and the final poll that we ran was, which version of Link's arch enemy do you prefer to challenge? Was it uh, Ganon, which you know I'm kind of calling the, the pig-type version from the original games? Or was it Ganondorf, which is the, the version of uh, the character that we see most often these days? Now, Bill, I know you're a longtime Legend of Zelda fan. I think you also play a lot of, uh, of Zelda in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So which is it for you, Ganon or Ganondorf? Well, I clearly I've gotten two wrong from the player's pulse so far this episode. <laughs> so uh, I don't know that I will be able to guess uh, totally right. Um, but certainly, 
you know, I always think back to one of my favorite boss battles in any Zelda game ever, and it was the the final battle in the Wind Waker and going sword to sword with Ganondorf. Um, and so, and plus just the way that that battle ends and the, the way the story ends in that game still to me just is such a, such a great moment. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick Ganondorf. All right. That's one for Ganondorf. Anthony, how about you? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can, I can guess which ones, uh, you know, the fans picked, but, um, (laughs) for me, it's probably, it's probably Ganondorf, um, I mean, you mentioned Super Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and that's that's one that I play a lot. So, uh, definitely a little bit of an effect on my my answer. But uh, definitely love the love the heavy hitting Ganondorf. So that would be my answer. But I'm gonna guess that uh, everyone else went with the uh, the pig version. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the the real answer might be Ganondorf, but my nostalgic heart can't not pick the Ganon from the original games. You know that I that that. You know, were instrumental in kind of uh, making me uh, just love video games back in the day. But with an overwhelming 74% of the vote, the fans voted for Ganondorf. So a lot of love for uh, today's version. Yeah. Finally got one. Awesome. Although, as you mentioned, you know, as you mentioned, those older, those older games, uh, maybe not totally older, but, um, you know, certainly the, the Ganondorf battle or the Ganon battle in... Um, in a, a link to the past, and actually even the the battle in Four Swords Adventures, um, I thought both were were both pretty solid as well. So, I, I think there's no going wrong, whichever answer you choose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of like asking, you know, which which is your favorite style of Legend of Zelda game? I mean, they're all great. <laughs> they all got their own special things. Yeah. All right, now we're moving on to Nintendo Power Game Club. And this episode, we're going to talk about a game called The Tourist from Shenan Multimedia. And I'm just going to start with a brief description about this game from from Nintendo.com. And it goes, you are just arriving at the Monument Islands. Want to go swimming? Or would you rather take a dive into the deep sea? Or do you want to visit the amusement arcade or do some shopping, dance at the beach, or, or go to a party? Fancy some surfing? Or would you talk with the strange old tourist and listen to what he has to say about these ancient, mysterious monuments? And, you know, one of the cool things about, uh, one of the many cool things about this game is it actually has a free demo right now. So anybody who might hear this and want to check it out, definitely check out that demo. And, you know, I want to share also a couple of comments about this game from fans on Twitter. Really briefly, Joshua mentioned that the game was beautiful and entertaining and uh, that he loves the puzzles, the missions, and the simple retro design. And Greg said, absolutely loved how each boss felt like a puzzle. Reminded me a lot of The Legend of Zelda while still proving itself to be unique and having a distinct tone and style. Now, I'd played this game before, but thought about it again while we were playing New Pokemon Snap, since it's also kind of a summery, colorful, island-hopping game. So uh, I don't know if Anthony or Bill, if you guys had played it before, but what was your experience like playing the game this time? Yeah, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the game. It's it's definitely like something that is really enjoyable to play when you just you want to sort of relax, you know, kind of soak in some of the the nice art in the game it's really got a, a really cool art style that seems like it takes inspiration from a lot of different um different areas but you know just when you kind of you can kind of like look around the islands and the sun kind of glaring and the lake all that or the ocean all of that is really great to look at so it definitely checks one box there and then um for me you know i i feel like it, it really it, this game takes 
inspiration from a lot of different just classic games. Like, you know, there's all sorts of uh, platforming techniques you've got to use in boss battles and things like that. And um, there's all sorts of puzzle solving throughout the game. So, um, yeah, it really is, is a nice combination of like all these different genres and, and really just talking to the people, the other people in the game, um, all the characters and the collecting. It's just a nice mashup of all those um, sort of classic techniques and, and uh, genres. So that's what I enjoyed about it. And definitely on top of the, the island summary vibe, that was nice. And, and it also includes a camera. Yes. Yeah. It does. <laughs> that's, that's a great part of it for sure. Yeah. I've, you know, what I, I found, what I found really, I really, obviously, like a lot of people, I think I really like the art style. It's a, it's a really nice retro look to it. Um, as Anthony mentions, uh, it's clear that it draws a lot of inspiration from a lot of classic games. And you see, you know, some, some pretty clear homages in there as well to, uh, to, to some games. Um, the thing that I, that really struck me was, um, just the simple, incredibly simple setup and approach, right? Um, you just, you start off and you're literally just dropped off on an Island. Um, and not a lot of direction, not a lot of, um, hints and things like that. Um, and even as you start to get into the puzzle solving, a lot of the puzzle solving, it's, yeah, it's, it's logic based, like you would see with the, you know, kind of traditional kind of dungeon puzzles. Um, but that it it doesn't really teach you or or tell you what to do, um, but the t the puzzle design is really kind of sharp enough that um, you spend enough time in that area and it just clicks, you know. And that I thought was was really well done. Yeah, and you know there was one part that I played recently where uh, I'm in in one of the monuments, which is kind of like their dungeon areas, and um, and I ha there are all these like fountains kind of sprouting up out of the ground and several rocks. And I realized I was supposed to, uh, you know, after a little trial and error, I was supposed to stand up on a pressure platform that would make kind of the, the snake-like guardian of that room kind of get out of my way and just kind of sleep, basically. And from that platform, I could just chuck the rocks at the fountains and <laughs> plug them all up. But that's something that there's never any, um, you know, hints about that. But, you know, once you're in a location where there's only two or three things you can do and you have a limited number of actions, eventually you find the right combination. And then it feels pretty good. You know, it's pretty rewarding to, to pass those rooms. Same thing with, uh, you eventually gain new abilities like uh, double jump or dashes and dash jumps. And you know, so they start building more and more complex challenges in those areas. But I guess the, the game really is focused more on puzzles. You know, there's a good amount of action and a lot of kind of uh, a wide variety of side games that are kind of silly and fun to play that, you know, can be everything from using uh, tilt controls to, you know, aim soccer kicks to like surfing, and then it becomes like a whole surfing mini game. Uh, scuba diving, at one point you have to um, search the bottom of the ocean to kind of uh, find the way forward. Even this guy on the beach who's challenging you to beat his <laughs> record on pull-ups. So a lot of them very simple mechanics, but it keeps mixing things up and also kind of gives you that whole vacation feel, like you're just doing a lot of fun different things, you know. Were there any of those mini games that you guys encountered, uh, maybe starting with you, Anthony, that you think that was especially fun or interesting? Yeah, I so I was actually going to mention that too because I was thinking about just all the different um, mini games in the game as I was talking earlier. But um, you know, one thing I always love is like when you when you see a game and you see two different portions of it and it just looks like a completely different game <laughs> in both areas. Yeah. And I kind of got that with this because there are like I mean not to 
you know, go too far into the game, but there are like some areas where there's kind of like these arcadey um, type of side games. And I thought that was really cool because it was just like a totally different element than, you know, everything else I had already played. So to me, th- those those are my favorite moments. And it's it, I, it's hard to talk too much about it without spoiling it, but um, there are just some sort of like real um, callbacks to classic arcade games um, in, in some of those mini games. So yeah, I, I really love that. I thought that was cool that it just was so different than anything that had happened in the game up to that point. And there really are classic style, like literally classic style arcade games yes, in yeah. the game because <laughs> on one of the, the many islands you can discover, they have an arcade. Yeah, that's exactly what little, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And one of the side challenges, there's a guy who's hanging out and he's all full of himself and he's he's challenging you to beat any of his scores in there. And so, you know, in-game currency is a little hard to come by. So you're always trying to solve little mini puzzles to get more of that. And then you can exchange those for tokens of the arcade and try to beat some of those old games, which is great. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony, you talked about the visuals earlier and Bill, you did too. You know, it, it's not only, you know, it has the, a retro-y kind of look. It's it's more, you know, when you say retro, I guess that can mean lots of things. It's more like blocky characters and very, very colorful, but it has this almost kind of macro photography styling to it where it almost seems like this is playing out like on a desktop somewhere and someone's, you know, gotten in really close with the camera. And it's just a really interesting visual that, that I think looks really cool. And it has such a smooth frame rate that I think just running around the environments and spinning the camera around in and of itself is just kind of fun and, and, and you know, effortless to just pick up and play. Yeah, actually, I thought the the jumping in the game was also really fun. Um, you know, just it just was, you know, sometimes you have games that have great jumps. You know, obviously Mario always has a really great jump. Sometimes you have games that you're like, oh, man, like this, that jump just doesn't quite feel right. I thought <laughs> this did a really great job with just the, the jump mechanic and that it just was fun to jump around and jump on top of things. Um, but you mentioned, uh, Chris, the, the scuba diving, and um, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that. I thought there was, you know, some, some neat puzzle solving down there. But the other thing I loved about it was... Um, it is a, it's a confined area that you're able to scuba dive in. And I really loved what happened when you tried to go out of that confined area, um, and how they handled the, uh, the <laughs> restriction, um, and, and thought that was a really creative so- solution. It was fun as well. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And it definitely, uh, scares you off trying it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think in my opinion, it's just a, a really, um, nice bit of what you might call light summer fun. It's funny. I think it's great for people who like puzzles and it just has lots of little bite-sized bits of fun in the game. Any other final thoughts before we move on? Yeah, you know, th- the last thing I was thinking was just um, we were talking about the art style and the retro. One thing I was thinking about is like it kind of is like if you took like maybe some of your favorite retro like 2D games and like placed like kind of transform that into a 3D atmosphere. That's kind of what it feels like. You're Like you're playing a 3D like 2D, you know, six to eight bit game or something like that. So I think that's really cool. That's part of what makes it fascinating is because it's like it has that look, but yet there's like all these details and nuance to it. So yeah, that's definitely one big reason why I enjoyed the game. Yeah, I could totally get that. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And if, uh, like I said, there's a demo available now. So, uh, you know, check out The Tourist if you want a bit of light summer fun. And now we're going to move on to Warp Zone. Now, this is the quiz where we guess games that came out 10, 20, and 30 years ago. And, you know, since we skipped the usual quiz format last episode, this time I'm going to include games from the months of March and April, you know, 10, 20, and 30 years ago. So you guys ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Fingers crossed, hopefully. I think so. <laughs> All right. 
All right, here we go. So 10 years ago, this is in March of uh, 2011, the clues are Nintendo released three different versions of a game for Nintendo 3DS, which each allowed you to start with different cuddly creatures that you could then train to tackle competitions and win cups. Any guesses? One thing I'll say is that these creatures aren't so cuddly when they uh, block your view in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That's kind of, that's a little bit too much of a hint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and answer it then. Nintendogs. That's it, Nintendogs plus cats. Oh, yeah, 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, that's 10 years ago already? Yep. I, I know, isn't that crazy? That it, is. It's one of the cutest things you'll see in Super Smash Bros., I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yep. And it launched with three versions. There was uh, Nintendogs plus cats, French Bulldog, and New Friends. Nintendogs plus cats, Golden Retriever, and New Friends. And of course, Nintendogs plus cats, Toy Poodle, and New Friends. And, you know, also in March that year was uh, Pilot Wings Resort for Nintendo 3DS and also Pokemon Black version and Pokemon White version for Nintendo DS. So pretty great, uh, pretty great month for handhelds that year. Yeah. All right. Now we're moving on to 20 years ago. This is in April, actually, of 2001. Nintendo released a game for Game Boy Color in which you raced against the clock to reach the end of each level by actually tilting the Game Boy to roll and flip toward the exit. Any guesses? Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Yeah. That's it. Kirby Tilt and Tumble. That's a go. really great little, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a hidden gem, but uh, I actually have that one. And it's a pretty unique game. It's great. Yeah, yeah when you say Tilt, a lot, of, a lot of fun. I played a, played a lot of that game. Another game, yeah. I, another game I work, uh, worked on, Anthony. There you go. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I, lo I love Kirby games. So, yeah, when you said uh, Tilt, that, that one definitely came to mind. You know, also in April that year, we had uh, Dr. Mario for Nintendo 64. I've actually been kind of obsessed with Dr. Mario lately on the... Uh, <laughs> In the uh, Nintendo Switch Online uh, oh, yeah. NES collection, yeah. Well, yeah, and that N64 version of Dr. Mario actually had four-player. Oh, that's awesome. I don't think I actually have that one. i got to add that to the collection. All right, so 30 years ago in uh, April of 1991, Namco released a pulse-pounding Game Boy game where you navigate a maze and hurry to eat as much as you can while constantly on the run from the least spooky ghosts you'll ever see. Any guesses? Well, obviously, it's a Pac-Man game. <laughs> Want to take a stab at the exact title? Yeah, it's a bit of a trick question. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can you get the exact title? That, uh, <laughs> that I may not be able to do. Well, like I said, that was a bit of a trick question. The title was simply Pac-Man. It was Pac-Man <laughs> on the Game Boy. <laughs> ah, got him. <laughs> that's another one I've been playing uh, Pac-Man 99 ever since it came out uh, on Nintendo Switch Online and I'm, I've, I've always loved Tetris 99 so um, that's really been giving me my Pac-Man fix lately well back back on your uh, your player's pulse question probably one of the the one moments of comedy that I did capture was Tetris 99 when one of those matches started and and easily half of the people in that match were targeting me from the very beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the worst feeling. You're yeah. like, what did I do? Especially, yeah, ju you just mentioned uh, Pac-Man 99. That one, I, I felt immediately targeted. Like, though it's a different, you know, sort of sense of gameplay, but like, I am not as good <laughs> as I am at Tetris, so I felt attacked from the beginning, <laughs> but very fun. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one more bonus question, and this is an audio question. So I'm going to play a sound. I'm actually going to play it twice. So if you know the answer, please hold on until I play it twice. And then we'll see if we can guess which game it comes from. Here we go. Okay, any guesses? 
I'm gonna let you go first, Anthony. Wait, does this one? Is there? Do we have a time? Is this one a specific time frame? <laughs> um, you know what? I'll give you a specific time frame. This is from <laughs> nice. a game that came out last October. Here it is again. Um, you want to phone a bill? Oh gosh, I'm I'm thinking of a game in my head, but I I can't put my my finger on it. All right, you want you want the oh, answer, okay. Anthony? Yeah, Bill, give it's me from, give me a hint, Bill. Um, they, when it released last October, it was an upgraded version of a game that Nintendo released on uh, Wii U originally. Is that uh, is that accurate, Chris? Oh, this is, this is, is, this is from Pikmin. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I was trying to remember the games from October in my head, but as soon as you uh, said Wii U, I, I knew. So. It's Pikmin came from that Pikmin 3, it. right? That's the sound yeah. of plucking the Pikmin out of the ground. There we go. Yep, plucking the Pikmin in Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Awesome. All right, so before we go, we're going to go to Game Forecast. Now, this is where we take a quick look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that recently released or are coming soon. We're going to back up just a little bit here and start with April 14th, where we had Aerial Knights Never Yield. This was actually the demo for the game that will be coming up later uh, from Head Up Games. Fez from Polytron. The Longing from Ash Games. There Is No Game Wrong Dimension from Draw Me a Pixel. Chris Tales. This is another demo. Uh, the full game's coming on June 6th. And this is from Dreams Unincorporated and Modus Games. Then on April 30th, uh, New Pokemon Snap from Nintendo. R-Type Final 2 from Granzilla and NIS America. On April 22nd, we have the original Shantae uh, from Way Forward coming to Nintendo Switch. And on May 4th, we have Apex Legends Season 9 Legacy from Electronic Arts. May 19th, we've got Aerial Knights Never Yield. This is the full game from Head Up Games. And on May 14th, we have Famicom Detective Club, The Girl Who Stands Behind from Nintendo. And also from Nintendo Famicom Detective Club, The Missing Air. And then Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero from Unknown Worlds Entertainment. On May 21st, we have Knockout City from Electronic Arts and Miitopia from Nintendo. On May 24th, there's Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster from Atlas and Sega. On May 25th, it's Very Very Valet from Toyful. And on May 28th, we have Worlds in Club from Izangi Games and NIS America. So guys, is there anything here that you're especially looking forward to? It's a lot of great stuff. Yeah, I um, you know, one of the first ones you mentioned was um, Aerial Knights Never Yield, and one of the things that you know is always really important to me in a game is is you know the soundtrack, the OST, and this game is definitely uh, in my lane as far as that goes because you can kind of just vibe out to it the whole time, um, and and for me that that's always really important because it changes like you know the entire experience of a game sometimes, and for this game it feels like that is the experience, you know, like just sort of playing while you're just jamming out to to the OST there. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing playing the full game there, but um I thought I thought that one was really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Bill, how about you? You know, you it's not fair that you're stealing my my recommendation there, Anthony. <laughs> uh, I yeah, you know, just like you, I feel like, you know, Aerial Knights never yield just has got so much style to it, um, you know, and it's it's everything I love about an indie game. Um, you know, he's he's got just a great vision for what he wants to do. He's he is doing, um, you know, as as an independent developer, is taking that as far as he's able to, and he's found, you know, Daniel Wilkinson 
or Daniel Wilkins uh, does the music for it. And um, it's, as you point out, Anthony, the soundtrack for that's amazing. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you put that thing on the radio. It's that good. Um, so yeah, definitely. I've been playing a little bit of the demo and I feel uh, like I've already let him down because the, the name of the game is never yield. And uh, I have already <laughs> yielded a couple of times in that demo. But what I love about it is that you, you know, it, you, you're going to fail. But every time you fail, you learn. Um, and then what I also find is it's like, oh, okay, I've, I, I keep failing at this one point, so I'm going to stop and I'm going to restart and go from the beginning. And I find that, that you know, just by doing that, all of a sudden it's like I can get through that last barrier and, and keep moving forward. And, and like you say, Anthony, just keep vibing to the music. So um, I think that's a, that's a really great one. The other one I'm actually looking forward to is, is Knockout City uh, from, from Velen Studios. Um, and, uh, just that game is one that, um, to me looks like there's a lot of fun and a lot of really good hooks built into it. And I've, you know, uh, the guys behind it are real, really, really talented group. Um, and they've got a long history of, of developing some really, uh, fresh and, and fun games. And so my expectations for that are really high. That's awesome. Well, those are, those are some games I definitely want to check out. And thanks for also, um, you know, talking about the, um, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Uh, that's definitely a demo I'm going to check out now after hearing you guys talk about it. You know, a couple more that I'll add uh, are Shantae, just because that's a series that I love, whether it's straight action or whether some of the games are more of an ex exploration experience. Uh, and now I think with this one, every Shantae game from the past is now on Nintendo Switch, which is pretty awesome. And then the Famicom Detective Club games, um, which, you know, I'd always heard about those games back in the day. And I always say, oh, that's some of those games that Nintendo made that never made it over here. So I'm really excited to play these new versions. And then Metopia is a game that I, I played around a little bit back uh, with the original version, but for some reason, I, I just never got too far into it. And I'm really excited to have another chance now on Nintendo Switch. So that just looks like a lot of silly fun. So um, definitely a lot of good stuff coming. And Bill and Anthony, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Chris. Always fun. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power. Power.